0: Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, and never failing, I am your host, Michael Sherlock. No, that has not changed. You're stuck with me if you're still following this podcast. And all month long in May, we're talking about mindful May, being mindful of ourselves, how we take care of ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And my guest today has a background that is going to speak to several of you in particular. So if you've ever faced anything that she's going to talk about, I know she's going to have some solutions for you that are going to allow you to see maybe some hope. So Elizabeth Kristoff is an expert in using applied neurology to move people out of pain unwanted behavior, and stress response. And we've been talking a lot about stress response so far this month. She's the founder of Brain-Based Wellness, which is a revolutionary online platform that trains the nervous system and body to get this, resolve old patterns, improve performance, and increase well-being. And we do know that the central nervous system plays a huge role in how we feel and how we're able to show up. So here's a couple of the you know reasons that she actually knows her stuff here. She's a certified applied neurology practitioner. She's been in the fitness and movement industry for many, many years, and she currently works with entrepreneurs, athletes, leaders, and creatives to improve resilience, also a big catchphrase this month for us, manage stress, which we know we've been talking about, and regulate those emotions that might guide us, maybe not the way we wanna go. And doing so, she helps us work through intentional science-based brain training. And her research and work with hundreds of clients has taught her that healing and change must occur, not just in the mind, but also in the body. And that each body, mind and nervous system is absolutely unique and most importantly, with the right tools, we are all capable of healing. And I know you're going to talk to a lot of people who listen, who may sometimes suffer in silence. So I know you're gonna have great opportunities to share with them. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me this month, especially.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor to be here. And I'm just really excited to speak with you today.
1: I have a really good friend who um, has a lot of central nervous system uh, pain and disorders. And it's amazing to me that sometimes she functions. I mean, she's an incredibly talented person. She's a highly productive entrepreneur, but I'll tell you, there are days when I know she just barely can move. And I know people that are kind of in the, in the spectrum of that. So I know your information, your story is going to be really incredible. So I just gave some of the highlights from your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you, your story, um, which really got you passionate about this and a little bit about how you help your clients to shock their potential.
0: Yes, I would love to. And, you know, like your friend, I, I just really believe we all do the best that we can at the level of our nervous system. And our body is always speaking to us. It's it's really our best ally, right? We think our body is out to get us, but really it's trying to ensure our survival and everything that it's doing, it does for a reason. And it sends us these signals quietly. And then if we ignore them and keep pushing through, <laughs> the signals have to get louder until we start to make the changes that allow us to re-regulate ourselves and and take care of ourselves in the way that we need in order to ensure our health and our survival. So how I really got to a place where I, I see all of that and why I'm so passionate about it is from the experiences in my own life. Like you said, I've been in the movement industry for a long time. I was an entrepreneur always. I was, that was just who I was meant to be. And so I had a health and, and movement studio from 2007 until about 2018. And I worked in the world of small business where you put everything you have into your business. We ended up having two studios, a national teacher training program, an online platform, and my whole world was was teaching mindful movement and mindfulness, but at the same time, I was really disconnected from my own body. I was constantly pushing past my own threat responses and really lived in a deep state of workaholism, trying to ensure my safety and my worth and my survival from the success of my business and mm-hmm. living in a state of pretty severe nervous system dysregulation that I didn't, I just wasn't aware of it at the time, but it came out in ways of, of working myself into the ground. And then I would shut down in total exhaustion, maybe I would get a migraine, or I would experience episodes where I would binge eat, or I would um, experience pain in my body, but training as an athlete, I would just push on, right on through yeah. that. Mm hmm. And in 2014, when we started developing our teacher training program, we knew we wanted the brain to be at the center of our movement training methodology. At this point, I knew enough about movement science through my education that I knew that our brain is really what controls everything, right? We don't have a tight hip flexor. We have a brain that is telling our hip flexor to be tight. We
1: don't
0: have a, a... frozen shoulder, we have a brain that is keeping our our shoulder frozen, there's not a tiny little muscle in there, a tiny little brain inside the muscle, it's all coming from this central system. And there's a language going back and forth between the body and the brain. And that if we don't address the brain and the nervous system, you can't make those changes in the body, our strength comes from how much strength our, our brain allows our muscles to have our Um, all of that comes from the brain. So I started studying applied neurology with an institute in Arizona called Z Health Performance and really using it at that point in my life for athletic performance and pain reduction, understanding that pain comes from the brain and also performance comes from Mm -hmm. the brain and training the central nervous system to reduce deficits, to heal problems in the visual system or the balance system inside of your inner ear ear or in your body mapping system, that those deficits are making your brain feel threatened because it's getting it's not getting high quality information and it needs that information to make predictions in order to generate an output to keep you alive. So if I can Mm -hmm. give better input to your brain through your eyes, through your balance system, through the mechanoreceptors in your joints, then your brain feels safer on a second by second basis. And Mm -hmm. it will allow you to have better range of motion. It'll allow you to have more strength. It will allow you to, um, move more quickly. And so all of that comes from your brain's sense of safety, your brain is always trying to decide safe or unsafe. And if it's in protective mode, you can't also be in performance mode. And so I started to really understand all of that then. But it wasn't until my life took another turn that I started to really understand it's not just our athletic performance that's driven by our nervous system, it's also our behavior, it's our experience of the whole world. We have this miraculous intelligent system inside of us but we're, we're not taught how the system works and how if we change the input coming into the system, we can experience a different output and that our brain and our nervous system are plastic, they're always changing And we have some agency in what direction they change depending on the stimulus that we provide. So what happened was that we we were growing the business, but it was really built on a foundation of extreme workaholism, exhaustion, mm-hmm. exhaustion. And as I started to train my own nervous system, I started to wake up and un- understand that and start to want to move out of these cycles of exhaustion, exhaustion. And as I stopped pushing myself into those same places, some of the structure of the business began to fall apart. And, mm. um, And there were just things about it that weren't sustainable and the business partnership um, dissolved. And for somebody who puts all of their identity Mm, and all of their worth into a business, that was extremely scary and extremely painful for me to lose my community, to lose this thing that I'd built up for so long and to really not know who I was without it. And then that the very same week, actually, I dissolved my business partnership. Um, my partner that I was living with, my romantic partner was diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer around his heart. And I went into being a full-time caretaker for him and managing that stress. And, and if you've been through cancer treatment with someone, it is it's very intense. You never feel safe. You never feel like things are gonna be okay, you just don't know. And there's lots of emergencies and living in the hospital for weeks at a time and very little sleep. And my own nervous system became extremely dysregulated. Mm -hmm. And I started to have times where my binge eating got very severe. I would be in complete shutdown. Um, I would be so fatigued that I couldn't even like make it to the bedroom. Sometimes I would just pass out on the floor. And I started to recognize the signals in myself of threat response that I saw in my clients when I was pushing them into threat response and training. And I started to understand that there were signals that my body was giving me that I was under too much stress. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And my, my partner also had a background of PTSD and, um, was experiencing a lot of autoimmune after his, after the cancer surgery. And I was trying to understand what was happening for him and his PTSD episodes. And so I started a deep dive of research and reading books like the body keeps the score or waking the tiger, which is about how stress and emotions live inside of your body, not just your Mm -hmm. mind. And they have to be processed somatically. And I began to see myself in the books that I was reading about him. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my childhood trauma started coming back to me as I was re experiencing it in this high stress state of life. And so that led me into a a long road of healing myself of understanding somatics of understanding how to process emotions at the level of the subconscious mind and how to use applied neurology, not just to train your body for better athletic performance, but to re-regulate your nervous system so Mm -hmm. that you're not moving into these high stress states all the time. And then you're not getting the outputs of the unwanted behavior, the pain, the fatigue, the nausea, the migraine. And so I've learned how to help people identify the deficits in their nervous system, change the input, and then start to experience new outputs by stress processing somatically, training the nervous system, and then being able to work on beliefs, deep beliefs, limiting beliefs at the level of the body and the subconscious mind.
1: Mm. Wow. So many things, um, as you were talking that just you know, hit. He kind of part of me wants to put my arms around you and hug you. The other part is like, oh my gosh, I know people are are listening, going, oh, I've experienced those things. I mean, just even at the point that you recognized, I would built this business on a foundation that just wasn't solid, and the only thing kept keeping it going was me running myself to complete exhaustion. And when I stopped, it fell apart. And part of you is like, oh, damn, that's proof that I needed to keep working. But it's also proof that I didn't build it the way that it was not only sustainable as a business, but it wasn't sustainable for me as a human being trying to exist.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was, I had a lot of, of anxiety in my attachment styles that drove me into a lot of codependence and not Mm -hmm. just in my love relationships, but in my work with my clients. And so Mm I I was regulating myself and trying to ensure my safety through that workaholism and then getting stuck in this cycle of hypervigilance. And what happens when we get stuck there is that our hypothalamus is constantly pumping out then cortisol and adrenaline, which then makes your blood sugar go up all the time, right? Yes, and yeah. because it's preparing your body to fight or flee. So it's preparing right. that that glucose to be released to your muscles. And that's fine in the short term if I was really being attacked by something. But right. in the long term, that is damaging, it damages the blood vessels, and it damages the nerves, especially the vagus nerve, which controls our parasympathetic, our rest and digest Mm -hmm. system. So we start to really push ourselves into a lot of damaging health results when we stay in that state of chronic stress. But I couldn't get out of it because I was so trapped in my dysregulated nervous system already that I needed that to
1: feel okay. Yeah, yeah, you get addicted to it you know, mm-hmm. and you don't know how to how to get by without it. And it's interesting because, you know, there'll be people listening that'll say, okay, well, I haven't, you know, owned my own business or lost a business or had to go through um, some of those other issues, like caring for someone through cancer treatment. But I can guarantee you every single person listening right now has at some point in time been so stressed over work or their business that they didn't sleep for several days at the, you know, just on the, the short end, um, you know, that sense where you are, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't stop thinking about what's next or, you know, worrying about that next meeting or that phone call or that performance review. And Absolutely. I think we've all been there. And some of us have, you know, spent too much time there too. I did that many, many years of my life. Um, And for me, the first time it manifested was when I was uh, not even 30 and I had what was uh, presenting as a heart attack that I was, you know, having severe chest pains. My left arm went completely numb. And next thing you know, I'm in the ER and there, what later they told me is, well, luckily it's not your heart, but you are so, you have created so much stress that you've inflamed the, the lining of your chest cavity. And so the only thing your body knows how to do is demand your attention for it. And it it took me two other times of that over the next 10 years before I finally went, you know what? (laughs) At some point in time, this is going to be a heart attack if I don't change how I respond to things. That's right. Because again, our body is always giving
0: us these little signals and it speaks quietly at first. If yeah. it doesn't get your attention, it has to ramp up the volume and speak louder and louder until it, it gets you to change your behavior. So all of our behaviors and our outputs are really just our our brain's best way to try to get us to change our behavior to keep us safe. That's our, our old brain, our back brain and our cerebellum is its primary job is to ensure our survival. And so everything that it's doing is for that. And absolutely, I feel like a lot of my experiences were very intense. And as far as like my trauma background, my childhood trauma is also pretty intense. But I feel like sometimes... I was shown these things so intensely to be able to really see the pattern, to be able to see what's there so that I could learn about it and educate about it. But you certainly don't have to experience things that intensely to have those same kind of outputs. It can be anything from just perceived neglect as a child, you know, or or even just a, a parent that says like, you're you're more trouble than you're worth and and those things get baked in. And then we feel guilty for our desires or like Mm -hmm. we're demanding too much of the world. And then most of us have been in a year at least of chronic stress during year 2020 with the pandemic and all of the social changes. And so everyone in the world is experiencing the stress of change right now, plus health concerns and financial fears. And so it's really important that we learn how to to regulate that stress through our body, either through movement or, um, applied neurology training or something that, that allows you to express the emotions and
1: to move through that stress cycle so that it doesn't get stuck in your body. Well, I even think I was, uh, Two, two things, two stories that popped in my head, but one, well, not two stories, one story and one thing, but one thing I've been talking to people lately that that kind of is run, running through my brain is that, you know, we've spent the last year, just think for instance, walking down the street with, with a mask on or without, whatever whatever way you're walking down the street, but there's somebody walking towards you with a mask or without. We now have as, as a first response to cross the street or to step really wide and it just after a year of this i don't care if they tell me that 100% of people in the entire planet you know we've wiped out the the pandemic everybody's got the vaccine it's never going to happen again i think we've created new neural pathways that are going to still have us keeping ourselves away from people because the last year we've been programmed to believe if i'm near someone they might contaminate me or in
0: fact absolutely me. what a powerful example that is and yeah. and how much that elevates the threat level of the nervous system just on a on a second by second basis And then it's, you know, no wonder that people are starting to experience these outputs that they, they then feel guilt and shame about like, oh, I've been overeating or I've been drinking too much or I've been whatever. And it's like, yes, because your, your brain is trying to figure out a way to get you to reduce your threat level. And for me, like binging became a really easy output for my brain to go to, to get me to change my behavior because trained as an athlete, I would push through pain. I would even push through nausea. Um, I would not listen to the other signals it was giving me, but if it would override me and have me... um, Kind of almost like black out. Go to the refrigerator, eat whatever was in there. I was too sick and too exhausted to keep going, and I would rest. And it was, our brain is thinking: if there's too much stimulus and too much threat, how can I get you to reduce the amount of stimulus that's coming in? How can I get you to go lay down, turn off the lights, be quiet and still? And maybe that's a migraine. Maybe yeah. that's fatigue, maybe that's a binge, but it's your brain trying to reduce the amount of threat because our, our central nervous system and our back brain understand that too much stress for too long leads to a a chronically dysregulated nervous system, which causes disease and it causes uh, mental health issues. And so it's trying to get us to stop that. Yeah, it's just
1: our brain doing what it does. Well, and I think one other thing too, before we um, stop quickly for the break is that um, I had another guest that I was interviewing for this month and she deals with a lot of trauma with, you know, people way in their past. And she said, look, you know, and it, this is to your point that you're making just a little bit. She goes, it doesn't mean that you have to have the traumatic childhood that I had that had some horrible, horrible things. She said, I worked with a client who who all he, you know, he builds and, you know, builds these million dollar businesses and then he might lose it all again. Or, you know, he's never satisfied or maybe he's got all the stuff and the toys, but he's just not happy. And so when she helped him finally get back to his childhood trauma, his childhood trauma moment was when he was so excited, he came home from school at kindergarten and showed his dad a picture and said, look dad, I colored between the lines. I didn't go out of the lines. And his dad said, Hmm. doesn't look like you have much imagination, do you? Absolutely. And you know, that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, trauma is something for different for all of us. Some of us have, you know, some very serious trauma. Others have things that other people might go, well, that's not very bad, but it sticks with you. And those things that follow you through your life and keep you in that state of always a little discomfort, can really have long-term effects when we don't go back and try and figure out what what's that root cause.
0: Yeah, absolutely trauma is a physical, physiological reaction, right? It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily an event. And it can be like acute trauma can be an event, but it's, it's not even the event. It's the physiological sensations that you experience when something reminds you of the event. So if you if your throat gets tight or your heart starts racing or your shoulders round up into threat response, that's a trauma response. And that lives in your body. It doesn't Mm -hmm. live in our cognitive mind as a, as an adult, I'm sure that man, Knows like, I do have imagination, and I'm fine. And I'm safe, even though my dad said that. So cognitively, and in our prefrontal cortex, we can understand all of this. But it's our body that drives us into these behaviors. And that's where we feel it. That's where we feel the fear. And that's what holds us
1: back. Yeah, well, we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor, and we will be right back. Top Dog Learning Group, LLC, is a leadership, change management, and diversity inclusion consulting firm based in Orlando, Florida, but with top doggers, aka consultants, throughout North America and beyond. They focus on training programs, both virtual and face-to-face, keynotes and lunch and learns, group and one-on-one coaching, and off-the-shelf solutions. One such solution is their masterclass on the top three strategies to be resilient in times of change. This thoughtful, self-paced online training will guide you through three tactics you can use immediately, not just to survive, but to thrive when change comes at you. Use the code RESIL50OFF for 50% off the program. Just go to bit.ly forward slash 3A5M LS6, and enter the code razil 50 off in all capitals to redeem your 50% off coupon. The link and code will be available in our show notes as well for easy access. Learn more today at topdoglearning.learningworlds.com. And we are back with Elizabeth Christoph. You—it's just fascinating. I'm really um, pleased that you shared your story because that you're right. Your story tells so much about why this is a passion project for you, but also um, proof of how you know you are experiencing this on the positive side. So you know, if people are listening right now and they're like. This, this sounds like probably something that describes me or where I'm at right now. You know, when somebody says, hey, maybe I want to work with uh, Elizabeth and see if she's right for me, you know, where do people start in that process? And how do you help them to begin to unwind through this process?
0: Yeah, so, well, I have a virtual platform. All the work that I do is virtual. All of my own coaches that I work with are virtual. And so I was already doing that prior to um, quarantine, because this work is, I, I've always wanted to train with people that were um, the highest and best in the field. And so I've always worked with people all over. So people would start by We could do one-on-one work, or I also teach a lot of drills on my site where I start to teach people drills to stimulate different nerves, drills to train their visual system and their vestibular system. And most importantly, what you need to learn is how to be the expert of your own nervous system, how to assess and reassess so that you know if something is moving you in the right direction. Because everybody's nervous system is unique. We're all very different. It's just this compilation, our neural network of our past experiences and our habits and the way we move regularly. So what may work really well for one person might be too much stimulus for you. So what you always need to do whenever you're doing neural training, and this is a good practice to implement really in in all areas of your life especially wellness areas is to take an assessment and then reassess afterwards so i would mm-hmm. have them do something like test a range of motion it could be as simple as turning your head side to side and seeing how far you see out of the corner of your eye to each side as you turn or maybe standing up and doing some spinal rotation and like marking on the wall with your fingers how far did i rotate to each side kind of close your eyes and look at what your fingers point to And then we would do a neural exercise. So it could be as simple as doing some tongue circles, tongue circles help stimulate your vagus nerve, which is your 10th cranial nerve. So you would just run your tongue over your teeth, trying to touch a little further back each time.
1: And maybe do watching the video is wondering what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, just like that. (laughs) And you would do two circles in one direction, two in the other, and just give your vagus nerve some stimulus. And then you would reassess and change at the level of the nervous system is lightning quick. So if you had a positive response, if it was the right kind of stimulus for your nervous system and your body, then your range of motion would actually get better. You would notice also too, maybe that your breathing would slow down. You would feel a release of tension in your muscles. When we're doing somatic work, you might feel that you would yawn or you would sigh. You want to look for these indications that your body is relaxing into this. You could also test it with an exercise. Like you could do a push up before, do the neural exercise. And then if, you're, if it's stimulus that your brain likes, the push up will be easier afterwards. So you will know automatically if it's something that your body likes, and it's a really good idea to assess this with your exercise program as well, and see if you're training yourself into more pain, more fatigue, are you training yourself into more strength, more range of motion, more flexibility, because it's, it's not always the case that more exercise or that particular type of exercise is what your body needs. Then Mm -hmm. I also tell people test it with things like meditation too, sitting Mm -hmm. still in a silent room with your eyes closed is not always the right kind of meditation for everyone if you have a lot of trauma maybe it would be better to take a really mindful walk or to do a more neurosomatic meditation where you're grounding in your body and you can actually tell how your nervous system responds to the meditation by assessing and reassessing afterwards test your range of motion check out Mm -hmm. what your heart rate is check out your respiration and see if after the meditation it's better or it's worse so that you know that you're moving yourself in a positive direction.
1: Yeah. And I, I love the fact that you, you know, give other ways for people to look at this too, not just because you're, you know, it's saying, Hey, there are more than one ways, but also to show people that there may be multiple things that you can take advantage to, uh, to help. And I just think about my, my own evolution with, um, with meditation is it started, you know, just, you know, I've done most of my stuff through guided meditation, and so I started with, you know, uh, little meditations that were only like 30 to 60 seconds. And then I got, you know, where I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll have a little bit more. And I changed it, adapted. And now I do hypnosis meditation, guided hypnosis meditation on a daily basis. And I I have 30 to 40 minutes of it. Sometimes it's when I go to bed. Sometimes it's the middle of the day when I need to have kind of a refresher. Sometimes it's in the morning, an hour after I wake up, cause I'm just not, you know, all working. But it's interesting that you t- say that because, um, that within the first three breaths that I do when I'm just settling in and it's still kind of the intro to that guided meditation, it's like my, I feel my entire body just get heavy Totally, and it feels so wonderful because it just feels like I'm not going to fly away with my thoughts and I'm, you know, nothing is going to harm me. I am rooted to this bed because I was typically doing it on the bed um, and it's so is so when I started, I mean, I had great response to meditation in my life, you know, when I started about 10 years ago, but now for the last two years doing this and the evolution of where I am and how I feel about myself is so much better. But I also know that that I'm at the point where I need something additional now, like there's something it's like, I've, you know, I need to have something to liven it up again. So I think this is really intriguing thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I've relaxed my body to this point that I can try something even more intense.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Our brain always needs novel stimulus to keep growing and changing and it needs novel stimulus to give it fuel and activation. That's what our, our neurons want to stay alive. And so it's really important to, to keep expanding that. And I love that you started with just three minutes. I'm a huge believer in minimum effective dose to start Mm -hmm. something that doesn't push you into threat response, something that isn't, um, overwhelming. And so on my site, I actually have a a free neurology one-on-one course. And we start with a morning practice that is three minutes a day, like doing a couple high payoff drills, doing a quick somatic meditation and doing one thing for your respiration. And if you can just regulate, just spend three minutes a day, starting to regulate your nervous system, you're actually going to be changing the threat level quite a bit overall. And then if you can put that in throughout the day, you're constantly bringing your stress level back down so that it stays at a new lower baseline, it doesn't have to be this huge undertaking of, you know, every day for an hour, I trained my nervous system, it can be in these little bite sized chunks, that then you can apply throughout your day, or for instance, apply before you do something that stresses you out. So like before I get on a podcast, as as someone who, um, has trauma in my life and is just learning to use my voice and be visible. I have to regulate my nervous system before I get on here. Because otherwise, what would happen is I would just push through that I would push through that old belief. And then on the back end, I would get shut down with a migraine or with fatigue. And so before I do something like this, where I'm trying to embody this new belief as an entrepreneur that visibility is an act of service, and that I'm that using, you know, my words and my work have value and serve the world. If I'm going to try to embody that new belief, that's really uncomfortable for me. I need to regulate my nervous system with just a few drills, maybe just focusing on my breath with some nice long exhalations, maybe doing some tongue circles or a little bit of bouncing and just bring my threat level down both before and after I do the stressful event so that I'm not pushing myself and pushing myself and gradually increasing that threat level until I get into a dysregulated state and then I get shut down.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can, the the sheer fact that, you know, even after the pandemic's over, we know that a significant amount of business is still going to be conducted remotely because, Mm -hmm. you know, businesses are going to have a tough time getting people back in and it's, there's just opportunities to reduce costs in a lot of ways. And that's the zoom, you know, zoom fatigue, you know, is going around, but I think it's also that sense of, I'm so much more visible literally now than I ever was before. And that makes it more threatening. So something like that, even before going, you know, having your team meeting on a zoom call could really put you in the right frame of mind. Yeah, it really does. And what I try to do to to
0: bake in the new beliefs is I'll, I'll kind of deconstruct the beliefs I know that are limiting me. And then I have the new ones, but instead of just affirming something, I combine it with maybe tapping or some high payoff drills that my nervous system responds really well to, so that I'm relaxing my nervous system as I state the new belief so that my body and my old brain are more open and receptive, if I'm giving my vagus nerves some stimulation, and I'm in that parasympathetic state, then that belief is no longer threatening to my, Mm -hmm. to my brain stem to my body. And so I start to be able to change that belief, really at the level of my subconscious mind and in my body, rather than just cognitively in my prefrontal
1: cortex trying to push through. Yeah. Incredible. Boy, I could tell you, I could, I could pick your brain on this all day long. Um, I know we're going to have all of your information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look this up right now, because they, they really want to find out how you may be their solution. What's the best way for them to find you?
0: The best way is through my website, brainbased-wellness.com. And if you go there, there's that free applied neurology 101 course that teaches you how to assess and reassess your nervous system, gives you a couple of high payoff drills that I found work really well for a large number of my clients. And you can just start to experience the work and see like, how does this feel for you? Is this a right fit? Is this something that I find useful? And then also I would love to offer your listeners two free weeks if they want. So I'll send you the link to put that in the show yeah. notes
1: that would be wonderful. I think uh, I think that would be great. Uh, my my listeners are very active, so it's it's great to know that uh, that they really find value in in these things and especially a couple weeks trial will get them an opportunity to see what it means for them. Yeah, I'd love to to have them experience it. Wonderful. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I
0: think the most important thing that I have learned through doing all of this and and no matter who I work with is to just remember that Our brains and our nervous systems are super malleable. We are always changing depending on the stimulus that we are giving in. Our bodies are always adapting to whatever we're giving it. And so we really have some agency over whether that change is positive or negative. And so if you feel like you're stuck in a behavior loop or in pain or in just a way of being that you don't want to be in, there are other ways besides trying to logic yourself out of that. And if that's not working for you, there's a whole whole system inside of your body and inside of your old brain that are able to also change. And so that change is possible and healing is possible. You just have to understand more about how it works.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you. It, this has been really fascinating. I appreciate your story. I pre- appreciate what you do. And it's been an absolute thank pleasure to have so you on much. my podcast. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it so much.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.